Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Hampton Inn and Suites, Duluth, Georgia. It's time again for that June crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And this is my first Hilton or Hampton Inn stay since many of the states have been lifting their mask mandates. And not a lot has changed. The desk staff is still wearing masks protected behind their plexiglass riot shields. Still COVID signs inside and outside the elevators. The break the seal stickers that Hilton had put across all the door jams is still in place. And my room did have a very nice to our valued guest letter outlining the housekeeping policies, how to get towels replaced and asking that we put any trash in the hallway for daily pickup. Thankfully, breakfast has been upgraded from the typical brown bag that we were seeing for the last year or so to actual chafing dishes filled with cheese omelets, limp bacon, and don't forget the Belgian waffle maker is back in business. The bread and pastries were wrapped in cellophane, which many properties had been doing long before COVID. And thankfully, the Hampton Inn cookie time is back, and it's back with two not one because only skinny people eat a single cookie, but they actually have a cookie duo, again, wrapped in cellophane underneath the protective uh, plexiglass shield for the patrons as they come back into the lobby each evening. There will be at least one more hotel stay on the trip back, and I will be glad to update everybody on the next posted episode. On to this month's crazy travel roundup. In case you didn't know, there are a lot of things that you cannot carry onto an airplane. For instance, aerosol insecticides, axes and hatchets, makes total sense. Baseball bats, makes sense. Bowling pins, makes sense. Vehicle airbags, who knew, but makes sense again. But did you know that you can bring an actual sewing machine on board so long as it fits underneath the seat in front of you? And this was all over the travel interwebs, but View from the Wing is where I came across it first. And they posted remarkable passenger pulls out sewing machine in flight and proceeds to make curtains. So sewing machines, short of smashing a fellow passenger in the head with them, is apparently a very low security risk. Passengers claim on this flight that Zoe McSewington was working on a set of curtains. Not sure if it was for the window seats in the plane that he was on, but it's probably the most productive I've seen people on a plane at best. I'm good to knock out three or four slides of a PowerPoint presentation. View from the wing rings in again right off the bat with passengers fight over elbows on the armrest. And Twitter user Jack Krazak, K-R-A-W-C-Z-Y-K tweeted this mid-June on my first flight in 15 months, of course, we were rerouted back to the gate because two passengers got into a physical altercation over the elbow placement upon the armrests. With over 600 comments and about 1,300 retweets, Jack summed it up best with this. Please consider donating to destigmatizing mental health and encouraging support. It is a pandemic that will last longer than COVID. 
Now, when it comes to armrests on planes, this is a big deal. And the general rule of thumb is that armrests belong to the person in the middle seat. If it's a regional jet that has the two-seat aisle two-seat, it's the person in the window seat. Here is my armrest strategy. I came up with this about 20 years ago, long before uh, assigned seatings and things like that. If I happen to get on the plane first, and at that time I was usually in a window seat, what I would do is I would sit down, take all the SkyMall magazines, all the stuff out of the seat back pocket in front of me and put it in the middle seat, seat back pocket. When the middle seat passenger came in and sat down, I would say to him very kindly, could you please hand me the SkyMall magazine? I don't have one. And when they would reach forward to grab the magazine, I would grab the middle armrest, giving me two armrests. Didn't say it was a successful strategy, but at the time I was a young, I don't know, 35 year old baby road warrior. And I felt that it worked best for me. Possibly time for a new crazy travel roundup subcategory, the crazy travel social media influencers travel roundup. And maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I wish that I could affect a soda's company stock value by encouraging everybody to drink water or turn the tides of a struggling watch company by wearing their latest 47 millimeter blinged out piece of wrist candy. But here we go. Remember Brittany Hockley? Yeah, me neither. But she made it to the finale of Bachelor Australia in 2018 and then returned for last year's Bachelor in Paradise. This is a clear indicator that Britney's career had not progressed very much. In any way, Britney recently lashed out on social media, saying that Etihad Airways refused to sell her an upgrade to business class or first class, but wanted $1,000 to check her luggage. And actually, that's not truly what happened, but Britney was traveling overseas, and this, of course, required extra luggage, or as she claims, extra gear. And due to Etihad's luggage policy, the extra baggage was going to cost Brittany a thousand bucks. Weird policy. So I spent about 45 seconds on Etihad's website, but found no way to run up a thousand dollar luggage charge short of taking every single piece of luggage at Chateau Relaxo. Now, Brittany was smart. I'll give her some kudos. She asked that if she dropped the grand, could she possibly have an upgrade to one of the available first class seats? Eddie Hodge said that it wasn't possible to do to throwing off their catering order to passenger ratio, but don't feel sorry for Brittany as she had almost the whole coach cabin to herself, think plain sofa. And how do I know that? Because Brittany posted it on Instagram. A bit more of the social media influencer craziness, this one from Live and Let Fly, Instagram model caught pretending to fly Emirates business class. So here's the 30,000 foot view, a French model and again, reality TV star, Ocean L. Hemmer, O-C-E-A-N-E-L Hemmer, age 27, uploaded a picture of herself on Instagram, proudly posing in the Emirates business cabin. Moments later, however, a fan snapped a picture of her in flight, seated in the economy class cabin. Yes, the life of an Instagram influencer busted or as they say there's no such thing as bad publicity and things like this happen all the time last year the entrepreneur was planning to update his business card and part of this rebranding campaign he planned to 
daily rent one of the exotic cars from one of our local shops here, a Lambo, an Audi, a Porsche, something that defines success for some people. The genius part of the plan was that he had lined up friends and friends of friends and so forth to have their picture taken with this exotic car, pay to have their picture taken with this exotic car for profile pictures for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And this side hustle would have covered the cost of the rental. Unfortunately, things just didn't get work out and he didn't get to put this plan into play, but still hats off to the kid for putting it together. When I first started traveling, I was a Holiday Inn fanboy. I didn't know any better. And after each day, I'd tally up my nights and points in anticipation of working my way up to the next level. I think at the time it was blue, then silver, then gold, and all of the perks that came with those levels. I probably chose Holiday Inn due to growing up in the 1970s and at the time Holiday Inn's aggressive marketing campaign. So I knew the brand for at least 20 years. And I knew for the brand at least 20 years ago, the Holiday Inn Crown Plaza was for the most part their top tier. I remember being in Greenville, South Carolina one evening around 8 p.m. There was a knock at the door. And what did I discover upon opening the door? But room service had a bottle of wine and a cheese and fruit plate for me. So I have a warm spot in my heart for the Crown Plaza. Apparently, an unidentified woman at the Crown Plaza Costa Mesa in Orange County, California, does not have the same fondness. This unidentified woman called 911 and told the operator that she was going to harm herself and then set the hotel room on fire. Probably should have worked out the other way, set the hotel room on fire and then harm herself, but who knows. But as expected, the police department rushed to the scene and found her inside her burning fourth floor hotel room. Possibly they should have dispatched the fire department first, but turns out she had used some sort of a combustible material, of course, to allegedly, of course, set her room on fire. Police found thick smoke and flames inside the room. Eventually the fire department was dispatched and extinguished the blaze in under 14 minutes. So here's the takeaway. In case you were wondering, the police arrived to find a burning room filled with thick smoke. And I'm thinking that those fire sprinklers that are installed in every single hotel room did better than their fair share to keep the situation under control. Are you familiar with the term hat trick? If you're not, it's three successes of the same kind, especially consecutive ones within a limited period. Think three soccer goals or three hockey goals within one game. And we have a hat trick on our hands, friends. It's the MIA Fight Club. We know we don't talk about the MIA Fight Club. Their first success was April. They made the crazy travel roundup. They did it again in May. And for the hat trick, it is June. So what happened? I'm glad you asked. This one happened at American Airlines check-in. And this isn't the norm. The MIA Fight Club usually happens after the hassle of TSA, or on board a flight or even in baggage claim. Side note, Spirit Airlines, American is starting to crowd in on your space. This next story is not all right. Boing Boing posted airline pilot admits whipping penis out in flight deck and watching porn. This happened August of last year on a Philadelphia 2, thank you, Florida, Orlando flight. The now former airline pilot, Michael Hack, age 60, was sentenced to a year's probation after admitting lewd conduct in exposing himself to a female first officer and watching porn in the cockpit. 
When the flight reached cruising altitude, Hack got out of his pilot seat, intentionally disrobed, and watched pornographic material on his laptop. Hack further engaged in inappropriate conduct in the cockpit as the first officer continued to perform her duties, like fly the plane. Federal prosecutors said in a statement, Hack had never met the first officer prior to the flight. This needs to be filed under the Some Men Are Just Stupid department. Men gather around and listen. Random women don't want to see your junk. You can have a little dinky winky or a full-on python. Random women don't want to see it. And if you think they do, you've been watching too much porn, even though I'm sure there's a category for random junk. Plus, hacks should have been busy with other things, like the first officer, like flying the plane and i can only imagine what effect streaming new porn had on the bandwidth for the rest of the passengers this next one is from view from the wing passenger taken off delta flight in a stretcher after drinking her own alcohol on board cbs this morning saturday co-host dana jacobson live tweeted the experience on her recent delta flight from jax to jfk the flight was forced to divorce to detroit Ugh. Due to a passenger reportedly drinking their own alcohol, Dana's live tweet even included a video of the passenger being removed on a stretcher. The article summed it up like this, as the passenger is being taken off the plane, she yells, did I get physical with anybody on the flight? As though that would be the only justification for her being removed from the flight. And after watching the video, I have a surprising take on this one. The passenger was drunk and weighed at most 135 pounds, and I'm sure she would take offense to that. But other than throwing up, she really possessed minimal threat to the flight. Take away the woman's booze, grab a handful of zip ties, secure her to her seat, and if she runs her mouth, grab a towel out of the galley, place it in her mouth, and encourage her to breathe through her nose. I mean, these passengers were inconvenienced for close to 12 hours over this makes absolutely no sense. I found this one on Newsweek Brawl, exploding cell phone on flight leads to emergency landing. And this comes to us from the home office of Florida. A Southwest flight from Dallas to Fort Lauderdale was diverted to Pensacola to let two passengers off as an unidentified man and woman traveling together allegedly got into a scuffle. So they stopped in Pensacola to let two passengers off the plane, just like it was Greyhound. And what triggered the fight is absolutely unknown. I'm giving you three guesses, booze, booze, and possibly booze. The woman began hitting the man with a cell phone. And as the woman was hitting the man, the phone began to smoke. She was beating him with the phone and the phone exploded and caught fire, said passenger Katie Eagleston. And then next to us, there was an object literally smoking. It was definitely very, very frightening. And I'm sure being on an enclosed plane with an open flame, yeah, probably not the most uh, pleasant way to travel. A few passengers were quick enough to grab water and take care of the smoldering device. And of course, law enforcement came aboard to escort the couple off the plane. After the stop in Pensacola, the flight promptly continued to Fort Lauderdale arriving, get this, only about 90 minutes late. So here's a quick lesson in contrast and compare. Delta flight with a drunken 135 pound passenger gets diverted. Drunken passenger gets hauled off on a stretcher ending with a 10 to 12 hour flight delay. Then compare that to this Southwest flight, a fight, an exploding cell phone complete with a fire, a diversion to Pensacola, 
where Tweedledee and Tweedledum were taken off the plane, possibly arrested and more than likely facing FAA fines, but ends with only a 90-minute delay. Which airline would you choose to fly? So we've already talked about the MIA Fight Club. We know we don't talk about MIA Fight Club, but did you know that there is an MIA Newborn Club? Yep, there is such a thing, and it took place on June 20th, 2021, which just so happened to be Father's Day. This mother gave birth to a baby girl inside a restroom near Gate D43. The expectant mother had just arrived on American Airlines flight from Chicago when she went into labor. What makes this more of an even feel-good story than a baby being delivered on Father's Day is that the baby's name is Mia, as in MIA, as in Miami International Airport. Thankfully, this newborn wasn't delivered in Gage, Oklahoma, where the airport call signs are GAG, or Butler Airport in Missouri, BUM, Stafford, Arizona, sad, and thankfully, not in the body-shaming town of Fresno Air Terminal, or as the call letters say, fat. This next one was reported on almost every Travelverse interweb website out there, so we'll take the cliff notes from one mile at a time. June 11th, Delta Flight 1730 from LA to Atlanta diverted to Oklahoma City. Things started going sideways when a passenger seated in the first row of first class handed a note to the flight attendant. Things continued to get sideways when that passenger then made an overhead announcement telling people to prepare to put on their oxygen mask, and then he allegedly tried to open the emergency exit door. Full-on sideways mode hit once the captain made an announcement asking for all able-bodied men to come to the front of the plane to help restrain a passenger. Altercations on planes, unfortunately, are becoming more and more common. What makes this story a bit more uncommon is this. The man who created all the havoc was wearing a helmet for most of the flight. Odd, but it's not illegal to wear a helmet on a plane, but however, it is odd. And then you have to ask, was he wearing a helmet in preparation for something like this? And why didn't he put the helmet in the overhead bin? However, it was later confirmed that the helmet-wearing passenger was actually an off-duty flight attendant, and that answers the question of how did he know how to operate the overhead PA system? So how did this all end up? Glad you asked. The Department of Justice is bringing charges against the helmet-wearing passenger, one count of interference with a flight crew and its members. That one is a biggie. If convicted, it's up to 20 years in federal prison, up to a quarter million dollar fine and then throw on three years of supervision after his release one mile at a time updated their original story with this the helmet wearing passenger allegedly began stashing personal items in a variety of places throughout the plane when these items were later retrieved they turned out to be tennis balls with words writings on them like trash and food as reported earlier, the man handed a note to the flight crew, and that note read, I am ATL-based alert Delta manager, terrorist on board, contact pilots. This incident is well beyond air rage or being overserved with alcohol. This poor gentleman is in need of dire help. Hopefully, he can get that needed help and not spend 20 years in federal prison. Let's call this next one the King Burger. Mid-October 2020, remember that? We were uh, mid-pandemic. A man on a jet blue flight from Jamaica to New York was arrested after hurling racial slurs at other passengers 
and then of course assaulting a flight attendant. This is not okay. The confrontation among passengers escalates as the white passenger calls other passengers the N-word. He also calls another passenger the B-word during this racial rant. Again, this is not okay. Eventually, thankfully, a flight attendant tells the man, I don't care what that woman did, you're being disrespectful and shut the F up for two seconds. Now, during this whole tirade, the passenger was sporting a paper Burger King crown, a paper Burger King crown, as in what you would get when you buy a kid's meal at Burger King. He was yanked off the plane before it left Jamaica and JetBlue had banned this passenger for life. So finally, thankfully, yes, this is okay. But in the words of Billy Mays, but wait, there's more. We all know there's more. There's always more. A few weeks later, the Burger King tried to leave his kingdom again, and this time it was on an American Airlines flight. And as you would expect, he once again got kicked off the flight for using racial slurs. But this time he did have a defense. He said he was talking to himself rather than directing it at the black passengers around him. And yes, he was once again wearing the Burger King crown. Not sure if it was the same crown from the previous flight or a new crown. Fast forward a few months, and it seems that the racist Burger King only got banned from JetBlue Airlines back in October because he recently boarded another American Airlines flight, JFK to FLL. Yes, he was wearing the crown. Yes, he was hurling racial inserts. And yes, once again, he claimed that he was talking to himself. TSA, I know you're busy, but how many adults are passing through your checkpoints wearing a Burger King crown? This guy should be relatively easy to put a stop to. You know, as I get older, I get a little bit more nostalgic. You know, recently for my morning coffee, I've been hand grinding coffee beans, using a tea kettle to boil water. We planted an herb garden that has replaced the need to buy most of the dried spices at the grocery store. And we've been using cast iron more and more to cook with. So I guess the uh, last 14 or 15 months has definitely changed me. One thing that I really miss is the old days of the crazy travel roundup. Stories like gentlemen arrested for using mice and hamsters to get free hotel rooms. Remember the time that somebody swiped the weed from Chicago airport's cannabis amnesty box? And of course, the passenger that stripped down and walked through the Miami airport. This level of craziness takes thought. It takes planning. It seems that currently the best thing that we can do is fight each other. We fight each other at check-in. We fight each other in the boarding area. We fight each other while the plane is in flight. Come on, people. We are better than this. For July, we need some nudity. We need someone smuggling finches into the country or somebody that's been living in a vacant hotel room for the past four or five months. We've got to get it together. We can't keep having every single month with the MIA Fight Club. We'll see. Maybe they'll make it four months in a row. Well, there you have it. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. You can leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.